Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking how to launch your business in 10 easy steps.
Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Gaines. It will expand your brain. So they're calling millennials millennialpreneurs, and it's really because there's been this amazing kind of upswell movement of millennials that are becoming entrepreneurs, and especially women entrepreneurs. There was actually a recent study out by the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor, GEM. They found that 126 million women are starting or running businesses and 98 million operating established, that's over three and a half years, businesses. That's 224 million women impacting the global economy. And it counts for only 67 of the 188 countries recognized by the World Bank. So women are starting uh, businesses in droves. And this is really a trend with millennials because, you know, a lot of us just don't want to work for the man, right? We don't want to work for a big company and just kind of be another cog in the wheel and risk getting laid off um, and risk also not being able to control our future. You know, if we want to take more than two weeks vacation or if we want to work really hard for a while and then not so hard for a while or Whatever it is, it seems that millennials really have embraced entrepreneurism. And I started my first company when I was in college at 19 at Indiana University, and I really knew nothing about starting a business. I just knew that I had this idea, and I knew that when I graduated, I wanted to be different. At that time, I thought I wanted to be a producer, a movie producer. And it's really funny how things are sort of turning back around because in essence, I am a producer. I'm producing videos and content and podcasts and all sorts of things. So um, I I just kind of look back at that and laugh a little bit, but I wanted to be a producer and I knew that being a female, I needed to do something super different to really set myself apart. And I had this crazy idea to launch what was at the time the first national student film festival and have a big film festival with Hollywood people out, um, workshops, and my whole mission really was to get college kids jobs in the entertainment industry. And it was super successful. Over 160 kids got jobs and internships, and many of them now are actors and editors and writers and directors and producers and people doing really cool things. So I was just super happy that, you know, I had this idea and I had enough initiative, enough bravery and was fearless enough to really chase after it because it really did turn into something. I ended up selling the company after I graduated from college and it really sort of, you know, launched my whole future career. And I learned so many different lessons. I can't even tell you. I mean, it was really like my real life MBA. And it is really is where I became a ninja with budgets and being super resourceful and finding ways to, you know, manipulate money, if you will, in a way to to make everything work. And, um, you know, I learned about credit. I learned about um, obviously budgets. I learned about promotion and pricing and PR and, you know, just even what it took in myself to be able to really put myself out there. Because when you're running your own business, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out there and it, it can be freaking scary at times. There are lots of things that I do now where I, you know, <laughs> if you were inside my body, um, 
my knees are buckling and um, I'm, I'm super nervous, but I know that it's what I'm supposed to be doing. And so, you know, I push forward and look, not everything works. I've had plenty of things that haven't worked that have fallen apart and, you know, I've been really upset about, but they've transformed into something else that's even more magical, even more bigger and, and better than I could have ever imagined. So I wanted to do this podcast to tell you kind of my tips to launch your business in 10 steps and, uh, you know, to teach you about a few lessons that I learned along the way of being an entrepreneur so that, you know, if you're, if you're somewhere on that entrepreneur journey, hopefully this, this will resonate with you, but also to inspire you. If you have something inside of you, you want to start a business, even if it's like a side hustle, right? An idea where you think, you know, you might be able to make, um, a few extra bucks, like maybe it might turn into something. I want to also inspire you if you're listening to, to go for it. You know, what's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work. That's not so bad. I mean, it's better than not trying and, you know, who knows? I mean, it could be the next, I don't know, big thing, right? We don't know. Um, but before we get into kind of the 10 steps, I wanted to tell you if there's any awesome women that are listening to this podcast that are in or around the Nashville area, I'm actually co-hosting an event on February 2nd in just a couple weeks in Nashville called Uprising. And it is just going to be an amazing event for women entrepreneurs. It's in the evening. We're going to have lots of uh, food and drinks and inspiring talks from women entrepreneurs that are doing cool things. And the whole thrust of the event is really to inspire you to unlock your creativity and kind of unleash your, not kind of, to, to actually unleash the superhero powers inside of you so that you can go back to being fearless and you can, you know, create your business or propel your business, um, you know, or maybe just uncover a new business idea. So if you're interested in the event, head on over to http colon slash slash bit.ly slash uprising Nashville. I'd love to see you there. I'd love to hang out with you at the event. Um, if you do register, please make sure and let me know that you're coming so that I can give you a big warm welcome. I will also have the link in the show notes. So if you're a woman and you are an entrepreneur or you have a business idea and you live in or around the Nashville area, please come on down on February 2nd. I promise it is going to be an amazing event. And again, I'd love to see you face to face. Um, sorry, guys, this one's only for chicks, but hopefully in the future, we're going to do some other cool things for, for the guys too, because I know you've got amazing business ideas yourself. All right, so let's launch into these tips. So Number one is, is really a question to ask yourself, and this is even if you have your own business or if you're thinking about starting one, is do I have an entrepreneurial mind? And what I mean by that is you don't have to be some, some you know crazy entrepreneur that is like myself that is always thinking about ideas, but you do have to embrace some sort of mindset. And that is, you know, being somewhat of a risk taker, you know, willing to put yourself out there, willing to try this idea and follow it through and see whether it works or it doesn't, right? And also to be able to see between the lines. So so maybe you have a business idea and you're like, oh, you know, there's there's kind of this and kind of that, but I see this opening for something different. That's what I mean about seeing between the lines. And being a creator, you know, you don't have to be an artist, right? You don't have to be, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a great drawer, um, I'm not a graphic designer or anything like that, but I am a creator. I can visualize what something would look like, what a product would look like, what a service would look like, what a, 
video series would look like, whatever it might be, I can, I can kind of tap into that, you know, creativity inside of me and really let my mind run loose. So those are just a few, um, characteristics really of being an entrepreneur. I think, you know, one of the other things about being an entrepreneur is, and this is hard for a lot of people to swallow is you're always on, you are always working. I mean, there really isn't a time where my brain shuts off. Um, I'm always thinking, you know, how do I make things better? How do I create something new? Um, how do I get to the next level? And it's very different than, you know, you work a normal corporate job and sure you may have stuff to do like on the weekends, but generally speaking, you know, you're off, right? You don't have any responsibilities. You don't have anything to turn in. Well, being an entrepreneur is quite, quite the opposite. And some people like it and some people hate it. So it's just a different mindset. Okay, number two, what's my idea and is it unique? And this is really important because I think a lot of people, you know, when you're starting your business, like maybe you're married to a specific idea, but nobody would buy it, right? There's nobody that's going to actually pay money for your business idea. So it's really important to think of, you know, will somebody actually pay for this? Will somebody actually buy it? Because most of us do not start businesses to be nonprofit, right? We start a business to actually make a profit, to change our lives, to change other people's lives, whatever it may be. So when you're thinking about your business idea, think about like, how are people going to perceive my business idea? Are they going to want to purchase the product or service or whatever it may be? Because it doesn't matter if you're in love with it. That does not pay your bills, right? You've got to get other people super excited about your business idea. So I really like spend some time kind of, you know, jotting out your idea and not just your idea, like, like what will actually sell your idea to someone else, you know, and think like critically to yourself, okay, is someone actually going to buy this thing? A lot of times the answer is no, but when you do find that, yes, that is the one idea then that you chase after. Okay. Number three, what's my business name? And honestly, I could spend hours and hours and hours talking about this because it actually is one of the hardest steps in starting your business. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but it really is because what is a name? A name sort of signifies everything, right? Facebook is Facebook. What if it was, you know, some other name? Would we resonate with it so much? I don't know. You know, uh, what makes Airbnb work? Well, it's it's the combination of Air and B and B, right? Um, what makes I'm, I mean, you can think of anything. I could go on and on and on about this, right? So, what's in a name? A name is so critically important. It's just like your name. It doesn't doesn't totally define who you are, but it does, you know, signify um, who you are, right? It is your name. So. Whenever I'm thinking of a business name, I always jot down, I do like a giant brainstorming and I literally write down every possible name that something could be. And even if it's stupid, I don't even censor myself because there's a, there's an art in, you know, kind of going through and really just like flushing everything out. Sometimes you find like brilliance when you go back and read all these names, like, oh, maybe it's not this name, but maybe it's a combination of something that I, that I wrote down. Or you just go, you know what, <laughs> this is all crap. I'm going to just throw this one in the trash and I'm going to keep thinking about names. Another thing, because we live in this kind of digital age is, you know, is the domain name available? 
And can you get the social handles? And I know that sounds so stupid and so petty, but it is so important these days to be able to have, you know, those social accounts and domain names available or some sort of wordplay on it when you're thinking about your business name, because, you know, that's how most people look up businesses these days. They don't actually go to Google and look up the business, right? You're, you're directed there through some sort of social channel. So it makes it really easy. And also don't try to be so complex with your business name. You know, I've worked with a lot of people who were were going through the naming process and, you know, it can take you actually months to come up with a good name. And, you know, they'll, they'll try to be all like super cute and, and super complex with a business name. I'm like, no, 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 no. It needs to be something simple. It needs to be something simple that people remember. And most kind of business strategists say that it shouldn't be more than three words. Anything longer than that, people don't remember. Um, So our brains have the ability to, you know, like stamp mark one, two, or three words. But anything above that, you know, we're just, as humans, we just can't handle it. (laughs) And think about it. Think about a lot of the businesses that maybe you know and like. They're usually one word. Um, But a few of them, two or three words. So something to keep in mind. Okay, number four, what will it take to actually launch my business? So this is when you're in the, in the you know, pre-launch phase to really flush out, create your brainstorm list of all of the different things that you can think of that it's going to take to launch your business. And then being able to look at that and go, okay, is this feasible? Are there people that can help me with this for free? Or for not a lot of money, you know, can I handle this with my current family load, with my current workload, you know, whatever your situation may be, really take some time and and flush that out. That's an important step that a lot of people overlook is what will it actually take to launch this and not just monetarily wise, also physically, emotionally, because all of those things are a big, big part of being an entrepreneur. The emotional side of being an entrepreneur, I can tell you firsthand, far outweighs in terms of stress anything beyond the monetary side of being an entrepreneur. Because um, you second guess yourself and then you third guess yourself, fourth, fifth, you know, I look a million times second guessed myself. And, um, you know, and you also get in the trap of, oh, nobody likes me, nobody likes this, nobody's going to come to this event, nobody's going to buy my thing, nobody's going to you know, and it, it's rough. It's tough. It's it's much easier, generally speaking, if you work for a company and you're just, you know, you're just selling their stuff, right? There's, there's not a whole lot of emotional attachment to it other than you need a paycheck. All right. So number five, this is really important. And a lot of people get stuck on this step because, you know, I have an MBA and, and traditionally speaking, you know, you're supposed to have this like massive business plan where you're supposed to literally like lay out your whole entire world, you know, domination plan. And it needs to be like 30 to 50 pages. And that's just insane. A, you don't have time to do that. And B, it's not totally necessary unless you're going to investors to actually invest in your business. Then you may need actually a longer business plan. But I say, you know what? it can actually be accomplished in one page, in one page. You can actually create your entire financial plan in one page as well. Um, The problem is, is that we put so much fluff in to a lot of business plans where there's so many words that just don't even need to be there. But there's a couple of things that absolutely have to be there. What is your mission? 
All right. What is your company about? You got to have that one or two sentences. What's my business selling and for how much? All right. So am I a product business? Am I a service business? What is my, what is my thing? What is my tchotchke? Um, what is my, what is my product and what in the world am I charging for this? Right. So how much is this thing going to cost? What are my startup costs? So that goes a little bit in line with number four, but what is this actually going to cost me to launch this thing so I can get one customer? What are those startup costs? And how much or, or how many do I need to sell to make a profit, right? So if my costs are X and I'm charging Y for my product, how many sales do I need to make until I actually have a profit? Really, really, really important to know that one, right? So if it costs me $30 to market my product and my product only costs $10, well, that, that's not that doesn't work. That doesn't work out well for my business, right? If my product costs $10, you know, how can I sell and market my product for 30 cents or 50 cents or even a buck, right? That's a much better margin there. Who's my competition? So who in the world has something similar to what I'm selling or marketing? That's what you need to know. And what are they doing? What makes them different from you? And maybe where's the opportunity there that you can find? And then how in the world am I going to market it? So how are people going to find out about my particular product or service? And that's it. I mean, that's pretty much what you need in your one page business plan. What's your thing? What's it about? How much are you selling for? How much is it going to cost you to sell it? Who's your competition? What are they doing? How are you different? And how in the heck are you going to market it? How are you going to get people to buy your thing, right? There are lots of other things that you can write in your business plan. And, you know, if you have the time and you want to dive in further, absolutely. But at the bare minimum, that's what you should have a really good grasp on. You should be able to tell people what your product or what your services is in less than 30 seconds, eloquently, eloquently, right? So that they want to ask you for more information. Oh, how do I find out about this? How do I buy this? When are you launching, et cetera, et cetera. Those are the questions that you want. Okay, number six, find at least two mentors who can help you with your business who aren't going to charge you. There are a ton of people out there that have gone before you that have tried to do a business that are more than willing to give back. I never have had a problem finding a mentor. I use this line all the time, can I pick your brain? Um, Hardly anyone has ever said no to me in my entire career of can I pick your brain? Because people like to talk about themselves and they like to talk about their experience, right? Especially with somebody younger who, you know, is, is getting ready to launch a business. So find a couple mentors who can really help you evaluate your business idea. Does this work or is this one you need to just throw out and find another one? Okay, number seven, how will this business affect my taxes? So we're starting to move in kind of more of the practical aspects of starting your business. So do you need to set up a separate company? Uh, what write-offs can you take with this business? Is it time for you to talk to a CPA or an accountant? These are all things that you should really think about before you launch your business because they do have a an effect on your, on your taxes. So are you still going to be working in a company while you're launching this business? Um, or are you going to quit working and, and suddenly start working for yourself? Well, that comes with its own unique challenges. You know, you're going to need health insurance. 
Um, you're going to need some sort of, you know, side slush fund to help you in the meantime until you make a profit. You know, what does that all look like for yourself? And be really honest and open with yourself about this because these are tough questions. All right. Number eight, what is your money system? Um, I can tell you my money system that I use. I use a great um, accounting software called FreshBooks where I can send out invoices. I can manage my expenses. It's super easy. I have an app. I have a desktop version. You're also going to need a business credit card and a separate business bank account. And then you're also going to need to set up, you know, monthly, if not weekly, I prefer weekly, uh, money check-ins. What's going on in your business you know, are you, are you making a profit? Are there any changes that you need to make? So just like personally, you need to have your own money date. You need to have one as well with your business and your business money to figure out whether it's, it's working or not. And number nine, this is advice that I give anyone who's getting ready to launch. And it is really don't share your idea too quickly. So don't go around like telling everyone the intricate details of your business, but do find 10 people, um, that you can ask, you know, who should I meet? Who should know about my business idea? Who would be potential customers for my business? Find those 10 people ahead of time and let them do a demo of your product or service. Let them test out some phase. Let them give you feedback. It's really important because if you create something that they love, you're going to go back to those 10 people and ask them to share your product or your service with 10 more people. So you're going to start to create kind of this um, snowball of sharing your business. And the way it's shared is going to be through people who know and like you. And, you know, it's a lot easier to get your business started that way than just launching it scratch um, <laughs> out to the public, just kind of praying and hoping that somebody buys your product or service. And then number 10 is really, I think, the most important lesson, and that is really know when to fold. So sometimes it takes one to two years to really see a profit, depending on what type of business you have. But don't be afraid to throw in the towel and to move on, because not every business idea works. And as an entrepreneur, you are going to have so many ideas, and probably three quarters of them are not going to work. Or they're not going to work the way you thought they were going to work. Maybe they're going to morph into something different. So two famous people that I always quote that had what I think are, you know, strong lessons in this knowing when to fold. Thomas Edison, he tried over 10,000 times to invent the light bulb. I mean, I would probably give up after a thousand attempts, but he just knew he had this idea but he didn't know quite how to execute it properly. And so he tried 10,000 different ways in order to get the light bulb made. And obviously we're very happy that he did because we all enjoy light very much. And the next example is Colonel Sanders, KFC. He launched KFC at the age of 65 after being turned down a thousand times by his secret recipe. So a thousand people overlooked this amazing recipe that he used to launch KFC at age 65. And KFC is still going and going and going. And Colonel Sanders, um, rest in peace, has long gone, right? But we're still loving and enjoying his recipe. So it just proves 
I think to you as an entrepreneur that not every idea is going to work, but if you find that idea that you're super passionate about, it may take you 10,000 times. It may take you being turned down a thousand times by someone. And all it takes though is one breakthrough, one person, uh, one company, one investor to see the potential in your idea. So in that time, when you're waiting, when you're waiting for that breakthrough, keep honing your skills, keep honing your product, keep honing your service, right? Keep making it better. Keep working like you're making a million dollars, right? Work like people are buying your product or your service. But if you get to the point where it's just not working, it's okay to say, it's not working. I'm going to throw this out and I'm going to start over, right? I've done it a bunch of times. Um, many, many, many other entrepreneurs that I've worked with have done the same. So don't be afraid to fail, right? Being an entrepreneur, it's really synonymous with failing, unfortunately, because you've got to fail a million times in order for that million and one time for something to actually work. So hopefully this has inspired you, all of you millennialpreneurs to get launching those business and those business ideas you can always shoot me over an email if you have a question about uh, your business idea. I love talking entrepreneur, entrepreneur lessons, um, anything that I've learned, I'm more than happy to share. And again... 